What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Comic Book Lair. I'm Kyle. I'm Ray. And we got a good one for you guys again this week. We're diving back in. I, you know what's so funny? Before I even finish this, I was reading, uh, I'm in like podcast editing, like, uh, like groups on Facebook. And someone just yesterday posted, if I ever have to hear somebody say, dive back in or jump in or we're diving in one more time. And I just, I'm like, yeah, I know. But I still say it all the time. What else but, are you going to say? I don't know. <laughs> We're diving in. We're getting it. Yeah, diving in, getting in. I don't know, jumping in. It's all the same thing. It's all the same thing. No matter how you put it, like it's the same. Yeah, there's nothing else you can do. Yeah, we're diving into. We're gonna return. I don't know. We're gonna return. Yeah, we're returning to Middle West Volume Two (laughs) with by Scotty Young and is you think it's Jorge right? Jorge Jorge Caron. Yeah. And uh, if you didn't listen to uh, the episode two weeks ago, make sure you check that out where we dove into volume one <laughs> uh but i'm stoked to talk about it man um dude yeah i'm uh interested to um chat with you about it i know we haven't got to connect a lot this week um like we usually do just because we've been so crazy busy but um i'm stoked to see what you thought kind of what our um i don't want to say like predictions but what are you know kind of where we thought the story was going and um i think we nailed it a couple times yeah man um, but yeah i, I like this volume man a lot me too. Um, but before we get into that, dude, I got a question for you. Uh-oh. You're making me nervous when you when you put it like that. No, no, no. This is nothing to be nervous about. It's just a question I had for, you know, you, you've got the comic book dad. It's sitting right there in the title. So I got a dad question for you. Yeah. So softball starting back up and all these sports and stuff for, for my girls, you know, and I love watching them play softball and doing this stuff and being there for and watching them develop and just have fun. I just love watching them have fun. But man, some of these dudes, like my daughter, you know, second grade, some of these dudes are like, we're going to win the championship. And we're like the first Everybody gets a medal and a trophy at that age. It's like, that's kind of what I want it to be. But these guys are like so competitive. I I just, what's your take on this? Like, do they even keep score when they're that young? Or is it just like everybody gets the bat kind of, is it? No, we had like, when we had last season, there was like a championship playoffs, playoffs. (laughs) So I remember like, there's a, um, it's, what is it just like the four or five year old group where they're just like everybody gets to bat no matter how many like yeah, every kid gets yeah. out like every but kid dude, gets to run the bases and then as long as like every kid is batting yeah but dude for example last season which they call fall ball which is kind of the like warm up for spring ball uh, in fall ball there was the playoffs and we were in the championship game and literally the umpire had to tell people to stop. Because they were yelling at the umps, yelling at the other team's coach. Uh, it got nuts, man. What do you think of that? Like, where's the balance? Because I think I think some of the, like, instilling some of that in them is probably good. Yeah. But Healthy you don't competition wanna, is good. Yeah, yeah. For sure. But you don't want it to, like, kill the spirit at such a young age. Like, dude, I remember in fall ball, it was that, that championship game. Some of these girls would strike out and the coach would look so exasperated on the sideline and like throw his hands in the air like this, you know? And I'm just like, bro, dude, there's you're no, their coach. There's no scouts coming to a <laughs> seven-year-old softball game. So right? I know. <laughs> no, I mean, I get it. And I don't know if it's because, you know, being a dude is different, you know? So I have that competitive fire in me that's, I think, different than, you know, girls maybe. Uh, well, maybe not all girls, but um, yeah, I, I see my it, girls. <laughs> I see it different with my girls too, you know, and um, and I have seen those those parents on the sideline, like in all kinds of different sports at all different levels, because my girls are teenagers now, and so I've seen those crazy parents, you know, and um, ugh, I don't know, man, and. I don't get like fired up, but I, I like to cheer my kids on, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. So sometimes I'm like, man, I hope I'm not sounding like this parent over here because they're going <laughs> crazy. Like they're giving the refs a hard time. Yeah. And, like, well, that's when you know you've gone too far. Yeah, like they're just normal refs. These guys are probably volunteering, he just got done dude. He's with his nine to five and he's <laughs> yeah, volunteering. These for guys you, are man. volunteering out here so the kids can have fun and you're freaking going to argue balls and strikes with this man. I know. Like dude. get out there and volunteer then. It's unreal. 
So I don't know. I I have two sides of it. Like I do think competitiveness is, is good, you know, and um, but at the same time, there's got to be a healthy balance, you know, yeah, like, and yeah. especially for girls. Like I know um, somebody taught me this, um, I guess, or gave me this analogy. Like when, especially with younger kids, like boys need the sport to feel good and girls need to feel good to play a sport kind of thing. Like, you know, you can have a young boy and he has a crappy day and he's going to go play whatever sport he's into and it's going to like, he's going to be stoked. Okay. He's going to, it's going to make his day better. Yeah. Where a girl, like if she's having a crummy day, like she's got a, um, I don't know, go to talk to her friends and and feel better in order to play kind of thing. I don't know. That's how, and I see that with my girls a lot too, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, I will say this one time <laughs> I was a coach of my brother, my little brother's uh, little league squad. He was probably like maybe 12, 10 to 12 at age. And so um, both my brother and I were um, coaching his team. Right. And this was like in a small town. And um, so sometimes the games, we didn't have umpires. Right. And my brother and I, we weren't like the main coach. We were like just assistant coaches mm-hmm. helping the team. And so guess who had to umpire, bro? (laughs) And it was the worst feeling being on that side of the coin, dude. Like not only, dude, multiple times that I have parents like fired up at me from even my own team's parents. (laughs) I had kids on my team that I was coaching that were so fired up at me, dude, because like I would call, like I'd call it how I see it. You know, I wasn't going to be biased just because they're my team. And, like, kids on my team were like, I don't want you to be my coach anymore. No way. <laughs> yes, dude. Oh my and the way we, the way we umped, like, I would ump because uh, I would ump from the mound. So I'd call balls and strikes from the mound. And then I would also be able to see, um, like, plays at second base or, you know, third base or whatever better instead of standing way behind home plate. So I remember, like, when I would go out and my pitcher was on the mound and he was struggling and I couldn't like coach him and ump at the oh, same time. Yeah, yeah. So like, he'd be throwing like borderline pitches and I'm like, dude, that's a ball. He would literally turn around and be like, no. And like, argue balls and strikes with me because he was, you know, he, I'm his coach. <laughs> and I would be like, dude, that wasn't a strike, my man. Like you're, you're, you're in a little uh, slump here. You got, you know, and I'm like, what do I do? And then like, his dad would be screaming at me from the bench. And I'm no, just like, dude. Yeah, dude. It was the most, like, I could never be a referee ever. Oh, my god! I would not want that. No, and man. now you see, like, these viral videos of, like, referees getting beat up by parents at <laughs> Pee Wee football games. <laughs> oh, my god! Like, how did we get that far to just be that serious in Pee Wee football where you're beating the ref up, dude? <laughs> Oh, so um, I can I, just see see it like if he were you and you're just like he's you're getting beat up. You're like I just called it like I saw it. Yeah, dude, I can never do that. Like my daughter played uh, high school volleyball um, last semester in the first half of the year, and like there was some games where they didn't have like people to be the line judge, like to see if a ball like you know was yeah. out or in. You know how much pressure that is. Oh my god! And they, so they they had like random little like sixth graders or like little siblings of like the kids playing like being line judge and dude the ball's oh, going God. so fast you can't tell if it like those yeah. close calls like it's impossible my gosh dude and then of course you know like you get those parents that they don't want to volunteer to be the line judge and so now you get some little sixth grader up there being the line judge who doesn't know what they're doing and they call one wrong like in or out and that parent that didn't want to step up and be a line judge is like freaking out on oh of course yeah 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 (laughs) and it's like well dude go be the line judge then man let me ask you this question what's your take on on being a coach for your girls teams hmm like and let me let me frame it a little bit. I had my dad as a coach for little league. Yeah. And there was its positives and minuses. I'm not going to throw him completely under the bus, but it did kind of like kill it for me a little bit. And so now I'm like I kind of take a big back seat for my daughter's softball. I'm just like you've got a coach, you got to learn to respect a coach who's not me and it's going to be good for you. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um yeah, I there's pros and cons of that too because if you do something and like you know playing baseball and and, you know your dad and you get an argument he's your dad like 
you can almost like talk to him differently because he's your dad yeah, and not just yeah. your coach. And then the ride home's weird. You're, yeah. you know, now you're mad at each other at home, you know? So I, I just remember my dad was always wanting me to pitch. And I'm like, dude, I don't want to pitch. Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done pitching, dad. I don't want to stop putting me on the mound, bro. <laughs> Oh, dude, I will say the only coaching I've done, and I don't even know why I did this because I know zero about soccer besides you kick a ball in a net. Like, I don't know <laughs> positions, dude. I don't know what offsides in soccer is. Nothing. Like, do they run plays? You know, do they just run <laughs> around? <laughs> Are they just running around in circles? I will say I respect them. They're super good athletes, but oh, I have totally. nothing. I have no idea about soccer, dude, ever. And um, I, both of my girls played soccer when they were young, and I was coached one season. And um, at that point, I think it was easy because I really – I didn't know what I was doing. So it wasn't a big deal to me. I was just like, You're like I'm doing run, kick it. Like, there's, we're going this way, you know. I just kicked yeah. the ball this way. That's all I cared about. And so it was fun, but um, I, I had no idea what I was doing. We didn't win one game. <laughs> You didn't run any plays. Dude, I didn't know any plays to run. The kids were offside. And it was at that age, too, where, like, I don't even think there was offsides. And, like, nobody knew, like, to stay in position. Mm-hmm. Not that I knew the positions um, to you where they needed to they stay. Were in yeah. position. <laughs> but it was, like, every kid, no matter where they were, just, like, surrounded the ball. And it was, like, every time a kid kicked it, it just bounced off another kid two feet in front of them. And then, like, yeah. But um, we didn't score once. We didn't even yeah. score. Not one time the not whole even, season? Not even score. Like, our kids were chasing bugs flying around, you know. Like, they were stoked on snack time. And yeah. that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Crazy, dude. Boy, I thought I'd ask because it's something I've been thinking about. Yeah, I will <laughs> Fred, say. man. I will say, I will say it gets different, dude, when they get older. You just noticed. My I just name. noticed your name was Breadman. <laughs> I will say, dude, I'm still, I haven't got to, um, I, I've made like three loaves so far and I haven't had one turn out good. Um, I was supposed to try last weekend because I, I think what I did was I was using the wrong kind of yeast. I didn't know there was yeah. different types of yeast, but apparently if it calls for instant, you can't use active yeast, and that's what Dude, I was you're doing. you're just, you've got baker in your blood. Bro, it's scientific. There's yeah. a, a scientific method that you got to do, and I did not know that. You just got to get into the Great British Baking Show and uh, spend some I'm days start watching. watching some bake-offs. It's funny, my buddy and his family, they came over tonight, and um, he started listening to our show, so he literally brought me two loaves of bread tonight, and he was <laughs> dying laughing. He was like, dude, I'm bringing you bread tonight. And it was the funniest thing, dude, and I was oh super gosh. stoked, and um, I was like, nice, dude. And then I was like, You I are get... the bread man now. Yeah, so it was it was so funny, but um, I got to try cool. to to make another loaf. Well, maybe this week, and I'll try because I have the right yeast this time, so um, I don't know. I'm well, I'm determined though, man. I need to do it, dude. I want you to get it. I want you to nail it one time. Just knock it out. At of least part. one. That's just like so this good. is the yeah. loaf of loafs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be, dude. If I get it down, I'll be so fired up. I didn't think it was gonna be this hard, man. Those YouTube videos make it look like it's the simplest course, thing ever. Yeah. It's like their thousand. It's like their hundredth time. I couldn't say thousands. Thousands. Say that word. Yeah. Thousandth time making bread and so they're like this is the easiest thing in the world yeah well buddy you want to jump into dive into swim around volume two of middle west let's get into the middle west world let me ask you this that question's wow i got high pitch there up front because some of the reviews i was reading were, were a little bit disappointed with the lack of time you're spending in this world in middle west and kind of this like there's not a it's very hyper focused on the characters, which I like, but some people seem uh, disappointed uh, that there's not more of an exploration in this adventure story of these cool lands. You know what's funny is I was almost going to say the opposite because I love seeing, I mean, I guess it would be cool to spend a little more time in these certain areas, but he travels to a lot of cool places in this volume. And yeah. some of the places I thought were rad. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I like seeing the different environments and the stuff he travels through. Um, 
I, but I don't, uh, that wasn't an issue for me. Wasn't an issue for me either. So I thought I'd ask you up front what you thought about that. Yeah, I will say up front too. Like I thought I enjoyed volume two a lot more than I enjoyed volume one. Not saying volume one was bad. Like I really liked volume one, but I love this volume. You get a lot of um, filling out of the questions we had at the end of volume one. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the progression of the story and the arcs of the characters really got to a point that was exciting in this volume. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but dude, just great. The art was still incredible throughout. I love seeing all the different characters and creatures and different environments. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, let's get into it, man. Yeah, man. So... um, this one opens up cool because it opens up on a flashback, and the first character you get to see is mom. Yeah, we get a little bit of mom now back yeah. uh, in the story, which we never got before. But you get a little uh, background to Abel too, huh? Dude, he's been uh, he's kind of we kind of I guess hit this on the head a little bit. Like he's had this in him mm-hmm. for a long time. I don't know if it's something he inherited or if it's he just seen it as as a young boy and and just you know adopted that behavior um but i don't know because we also see his dad dale at one point wasn't like is it dale or dan (laughs) it's dale dan dan's been quested we figured that out earlier (laughs) and so i don't know dale wasn't always like um like that too but he you know grew up with a father that we'll see how his, his dad was you know yeah. Uh, one of the interesting things is like, you kind of wonder is, is Abel just not getting the sort of like instruction that he needs here? I mean, I've, I've lived through this exact tantrum that he's having here and I just used the word I promised I wasn't going to use. Oh, I hate that word. Um, but he, you know, it's dinner time and he's yelling, I don't want dinner. I want a snack. Bro, before we keep going, I just want to tell you one thing. These first like three pages when I was reading this is exactly how my son is. Really? Literally will not eat any dinner and he says he's not hungry, but he wants a snack. Yep. And then he will throw these crazy fits and I'm like, dude, eat your quesadilla, bro. Like this is what you told me you wanted. <laughs> Literally two seconds ago, you said this is what you wanted. I just made it for you. Now you want some rich crackers. Like, I don't know how this kid operates with the amount of energy he has. And he lives off like a half a peanut butter jelly sandwich and some goldfish. Yep. (laughs) I know. Anyways, but yeah, the, the first like three pages reminded me so much of my son, dude. He does the same exact thing. Yeah, I've lived through this. And it's wild. And you get to see... um. Some anger there in that panel with the mom. She's frustrated too. Yeah, yeah. She gets frustrated. Um, and then he he takes it a little too far where he almost is turning into like a little mini Rage NATO. He's a little, yeah, before. At yeah. toddler age, you know. But dude, also like just how messy he's made that kitchen. Ooh, oh, yeah. Like, man, the yeah. chalk in there. Like, oh my gosh, it's giving me PTSD. Yeah, that looks like my house in the norm. But then, so you get that cool flashback. So we get to see mom for the first time. But then it opens up kind of where we left off, where Abel is full on raging in yeah. NATO form. <clears throat> yeah, he's he's with his, uh, it's present time. He's with this, the circus or the fair group, uh, Magdalena and uh, Bobby Ranch, all of them. Mm-hmm. And he's destroying the place, man. Pretty much what his dad did. He's just taking everybody out. People are dying. People are getting thrown all over the place. And um, one of my favorite characters, Jeb, he comes to the rescue and kind of calms him down. I don't. He does something with his staff. Yeah. And but dude, um, the artwork when he's in the Rage NATO, that panel where he's just destroying everything is just so rad, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. The artwork throughout this whole series is just incredible. But one of the things early on that's just heavy for me is that, you know, you just spent that first arc where Bobby's convincing Abel that he has a new family and that a chosen family can mean just as much as your real family. And these are her, like, ride or dies, you know? Like, but right after this, right after the he just rages out, they they 
bounce on him. They don't want anything to do with him. They're like, well, look what he's capable of. Like he's, you know, he's not worthy to be here anymore. What'd you think of that, man? Did that hit hard for you? It, it, like I felt so, I was with Fox, dude. Like Fox was mad at them. Yeah. Cause it kind of sucks because we, before he, you know, the end of volume one, like he found a home he was comfortable. Yeah. He was like, in an environment that he's never been in before and you've seen like a different side of him, you know? Mm. And then, um, you know, Magdalena was trying to fix him, brought back memories that he couldn't handle, turned into Rage NATO, and now everybody's turning their back on him besides Bobby. Yeah. And it's frustrating because it's Magdalena's fault. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I mean, she was, you know, trying to help, but it didn't, it went sideways real quick. Mm-hmm. But did Fox kind of turn around for you in this arc? Oh, yeah, from where you big were? time. Like, because I was always on the fence about, like, okay, Fox is like that friend that's there, but when you get in the trouble, he like dips out. But f- throughout this whole uh, second volume, Fox is like, he he turns into a super cool companion uh, and a friend. He truly cares about the boy and is trying to help him throughout, even though he's starting to become more like his dad more and more as this volume progresses you know we're seeing it well i like the part where he's confronting the the fair people you know and magdalena where they're not going to follow abel to go help him and uh he says uh you know they're telling him you know if you go after the boy you're gonna die and he's all it's either the monster out there or a bunch of monsters here. Yeah, I'll take yeah. my chance with the kid. I was like, dude, that's yeah, bad. Yeah. So Fox was Fox was pretty cool, but at the end of that, you know, right when he he's going out on his own, you know, he he's a one of the things I think too is he's afraid to be around people now. Like he doesn't even tr- he doesn't trust himself enough yeah. to like yeah even let somebody close to him. Yeah, no. 100%. And so he just bails. But you notice that his scar is getting worse. Yeah, yeah. But then you get to go, opens up an eight, and uh, the whole entire fair is like trying to rebuild itself. And uh, what do you Bobby's think? Bobby's still mad. Well, yeah, what do you think of Ranch? And because uh, he got destroyed, and because he pretty much was like saved a lot of people at the fair, he like sacrificed himself pretty much. And so now Bobby's like trying to rebuild him. And like the way, he's like, huge now. He, yeah, he's huge. He has a different head. Yep. I thought he was hysterical, dude. I loved it. I love that character. Yeah, I love. Uh, I love it when Magdalena tries to come up to Bobby and talk to her, and she's all like, "Oh, look who decides they care now." And Ranch is all, "I did hear her speak, but I don't believe her to be a mother or a hen." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, he's his dialogue is so funny, so good, but. Yeah, you're just left with Bobby being kind of the one from the group who who still cares about her, and she's she's gonna go off after him more or less alone. But you know, yeah, she even tells Wrench like, "Hey, man, you can't go. You're gonna get spotted." Yep. But Dad hasn't given up his quest to find Abel. Yeah, Dad's still on the hunt, and he—I mean, he seems like a caring dad that wants to find him, but he still has some—he still has a lot of issues he's dealing with that he can't control. Dude, the interaction with the old dude at the bar, what'd you think of that? Yeah, dude, he's just a dirtball, dude. Everybody, like, you know, like, it's not even necessary. What'd you think, though, about that interaction, specifically the one where the, I don't know, the, the older gentleman's name, where he says something like, you know, it's not our job to to train them. It's our job to help them find their way, more or less. And yeah, I dad, thought he was giving them good advice. Yeah, and then dad's just like, they need to know it's not okay to do whatever they want. And I'm yeah. just like, dude. Yeah, I thought the guy was giving him like solid parenting advice. And it's almost like he was too prideful or whatever to, you know, to Way take it. I, yeah, so um, just a jerk to everybody. So he's still dealing with his own issues. He ends up getting into this big old brawl with everybody at the bar. He, You assume he rages out there and destroys everything, you know, like... What I think is fascinating is that, so what you're going to find out through this arc is that Abel can kind of control it and turn, like he doesn't, like not completely, but he's able to kind of like suppress it a little when he's getting angry. Like Fox will tell him like, not right now. And he's like, okay. Like, and obviously, you know, you get some of this 
I think even in this arc uh, somewhere, maybe even just then, where the dad's saying, like, my son's lost, he's out there all alone, and it's because of me. He's scared of me. But why don't we see the dad, like, trying to, like, not rage NATO? It's almost like he's gone too far, you know? Like, he doesn't, he's been doing that for so long, maybe now. Like, it's just, like, second nature, and that's his, you know, he, he can't control it. He has, you know, no control anymore, whereas Abel's still in, like, that early young stage where he still can yeah he, he's still learning i guess you know but he's gonna get out of control real quick if he doesn't figure it out and i think he knows that too that's like like you mentioned he doesn't want to be around anybody you know anymore so he dips mm-hmm. and he we get to meet some new cool like characters man i can't remember what they call them they're like walking through this thick forest, man, and um, the endless forest. Yeah. I love that whole interaction too. Between yeah, him Fox, and Fox is like, dude, we need to go around this, and he's like, well, you can go around it. I'm going through it later, and Fox is like, fine, you know, I'll go through it with you, I guess. Yeah, and um, they stumble across some like killer squirrels that are about to take them out, like and, spider squirrels. Yeah, they're gnarly, and then all of a sudden, these dudes show up with all these bow and arrows, and um. They save them and then they kind of take them take them hostage. Yeah, the the no no whack. Yeah, they're rad. I love them though. They're like um, I don't know tree people. They live in the forest. I thought they were really cool. They kind of remind me of like Ewoks. I think that's from Star Wars. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, one of the things I loved about this interaction. So as he's kind of you know dipping out and he's trying to get to wherever he's going and he's walking through the woods and and runs into these no whack. What I thought was a cool insight into Abel was that like the dude is so eager for help. Like, he doesn't know these people. They've got spears held up to him. And uh, he gets a glimpse of, like, maybe they can help him. And he's just like, you got to help me. You got to help me. Like, please, like, anything to help me. And uh, that's when she notices that he's got what they call a, a heart. What are they? Heart the of heart a storm. Of, heart of a storm. And uh, she was just a rad character who blew some sort of magical dust in his face and got him to calm down and pass out. Yeah. And it's crazy that we keep meeting these characters along the way now because Jebediah, his sister, and now this this group all have seen this before, you know? Yeah, yeah. And have... Has, but never you know. in someone as young as, as Abel. Yeah. But, so. And one of the crazy things, too, is that when Magdalena was talking about Abel earlier on, she says he's even more angry than he realizes, I think. Mm. Like, he's just got so much anger built up in him, he doesn't even know how mad he is. But yeah, yeah. Man, I mean, didn't you think that was crazy? Like, dude wants to get rid of this so bad. Yeah. Yeah, and you think about it, you're about to, you don't know what they're capturing you for, but um, yeah. it turns out to be cool. They they take him back to, like, their little tree village, which I thought was rad. Again, the artwork so cool. and the... The atmosphere was just really cool. And um, they basically take them to like their, what would you Shaman? Call? Yeah, like their shaman or their like. Leaders of some yeah, kind. Some, and, and so they lead them on this other quest. They're like, here, you got to go um, to the Beyond Tree, I think they call it. Yeah, to go see Noko Yuna. Yeah, some of these names were very challenging for me, but you nailed it. Thanks. <laughs> I didn't feel like I did. <laughs> yeah, so he does some like ritual with the kid and um turns into this like beast, dude, which I thought yeah. was a rad character, like part bear, part like I don't know, tree antlers on him, like was just rad character. That double page of uh Noko Yuno was really rad, dude. Yeah, yeah. So he's basically like Telling them, like, what do you think he about He seems that? like some sort of spiritual guide as well yeah, for yeah. for this other side of the world that he keeps calling it. Um, and he he knows about the heart of Storm, too, and he tells him there's really... he. One of the fascinating things is he tells him, like, hey, there's really no fix in this. You can't change who you are. He's like, but you have to go visit your fa- your past if you want some sort of hope of moving past this is almost kind of what it seemed like he was saying, didn't it? Yeah, because you can't heal it, he's saying. He's like, it's in your nature. So kind of like we talked about already, like this is just him from his, you know, from his upbringing, from his dad, from, you know, we'll see what, you know, eventually meet his grandpa. and um, Yeah, so that's my question, dude. So, you know, Noko Yuna is telling him he's got to go, he's got to visit his past to see what he can become. And the funny thing is, is that, 
Uh, and I almost agree with Abel here, so I'm, I'm interested to hear, if, hear what you have to say. He says, you have to visit your past to know what you can become. And Abel's like, dude, I am here because I know what I can become. I've seen it in my dad. Like, I don't need to visit my past. Yeah. So what do you, and then when he meets grandpa, it doesn't really feel like the Nokoyuna stuff really paid off. Like, what, what are you thinking there? Yeah, I mean, I will say, maybe it's like one of those, like, because I thought the same thing at first, but maybe it's like one of those, like, like something he had to experience to be able to to see where, just how far it could take you. Yeah, and where maybe where you're it living all alone started. in yeah. a land of yeah. snow. Yep. Yeah. And so I don't know if it's like what do you call it? Like not reverse psychology, but and how did I put it earlier when we were talking about it? I think you said something along the lines of um seeing how far how far it could take you like kind of what you had just said like yeah he's seen his dad but his dad's still living a normal life his grandpa's literally trapped in some snow world all by himself and his anger to keep him company and that's literally it yeah and it was weird because when he first got there you know and to go visit his grandpa and to kind of see where maybe this all came from like his grandpa seemed like a cool dude Dude, at first I was like, oh, and with the flashback with grandpa at uh, grandma's funeral, funeral, like he seemed like he wasn't crazy, but you got a glimpse of him like getting mad at his son there at the end, gripping the the necklace. But you didn't really get the sense that he was as gnarly as he was about to show himself to be. And I was stoked. I was like, dude, right on. Maybe we're going to see something here, you know, that Mm -hmm. that is going to change with with you know relationship with abel and we're going to get his grandpa and he's going to come give him a cool heartwarming story and we're going to start seeing him like change a little bit but no we did not get that at all no really quick side here and this is probably just ridiculous but every time i saw the grandpa i kept thinking oh this is like what a really old jack beans would look like dude I thought the exact same thing. Did for you? Sure. His hair, everything. Yes. Yeah, grow out a mustache on him, and that's Jack Beans, dude. <laughs> but um, it goes sideways, to say the least, with Grandpa. Yeah, what what I thought was really cool, too, the only thing cool thing I got out of it is, like, we had a flashback of, like, his dad, Dale. Yeah. And and so Dale wasn't always like that as well, you know. Like we got he wanted to, to protect see, Abel from it. Yeah, and so yeah, I'm interested to see how this is going to play out in Volume Three with with the dad and the and, and you know the grandpa and how it all. How did the dad get to the point where he's at now? Yeah. To to where now it's going into Abel. You know what I mean? I agree with you. And then I think the other big takeaway in this particular issue for me was despite how hard his grandpa was trying to force Abel to change and be who he is. That's what he kept saying. Be who you are. Yeah. Abel didn't do it. And he's like, no, this is who I really am. You know, he didn't want to be the monster. Yeah. And it's just cool to see the fight in him, like not wanting to become a, a rage monster. Yeah, and he keeps telling him, he's like, this is your nature, you know? It's like, you can't yeah. change that. But Abel d- refuses to believe that. He's like, no, like, that's not who I want to be. I know, but the sad thing is, is that you have this really cool moment there for that particular situation where he's fighting it and, like, you know, who he wants to be. But the second he leaves the snow and goes back out to Fox, he's pretty much telling Fox, like, hey, I'm this is me. I can't do anything about it, Get it you know? Like, it's like he forgot that he just had a huge win and he could control it, you know? He's, I was just hurt there because I was like, dude, you just had an awesome, like, throwdown with Rage Grandpa. Yeah. And you don't have to be this. Like, look, you just proved you don't have to be it. Yeah, I think because he goes back to just being alone. He's not around, you know, anybody. He goes out, he's in the woods. He. Oh, that's a good point. You know what I mean? He's not around any buddy that you know is loving at all he's just back out 
alone, solo. Yeah. And that's how he feels. And I'm sure that's how he felt living with his dad because his dad. Ah, that's a good point. You know what I mean? His dad was. Even his, with his friends, he kind of felt alone. Yeah. Like he got that later when he was talking to somebody. But, yeah. So. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. Dude. Um, and, and it's crazy because, you know, now he, he leaves, he leaves there. He, he goes back with Fox and he's just a jerk to Fox, you know, like oh. this is who I am. I'm just a jerk or I'm getting out of here. And he ends up going to this city called Piper City. It's like one of the worst cities in Metal West that you can go. And Fox is like, dude, don't do it. And he, he at this point, he almost seems like he is like doesn't care. He's like, nah, this is where I'm going. Um, well, you know, when you get in a spot where you're so scared, it's easier to drive people away. Yeah, yeah. Than to let them in. And so he gets there. Um, him and Fox have some some big disagreement that you know, like. Fox is trying to love on him, but he just, like you said, he's driving away. He doesn't want to, yeah. doesn't want to hear it. And um, they end up leaving each other. They end up separating. They go their own ways, you know. Yeah. But Fox still is like, he's got that Fox instinct. Yeah, hundred percent. And so um, he ends up getting kidnapped, dude. Abel gets kidnapped by this guy that's um, from uh, what is it, Raider Farms, I think. Raider Farms, yeah. Which at this point we don't know what Raider Farms is. Yeah. And so he gets kidnapped. He's thrown in the back of the bus, dude, with a bunch of other kids like his age. And um, but Fox, being the the sly little dude he is, is like he, he goes back for him, and he kind of sees him gets get getting swooped up, you know. Yeah. So now he's on. Hey, the chase. have you seen Back to the Future? Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. Do you remember the bully's name to Michael J. Scott's character? Michael. Wait a second. M- Michael J. Scott. <laughs> Michael J. Fox. I thought you said Michael J. Scott. No, Fox. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. I'll go back and listen to the tape. <laughs> but anyway, no. this, this, the bully in here kind of reminded me of him. The I dude with the flat top? Like, yep. Yeah, yeah, he does, actually. That's funny. I can't remember that dude's name. Biff. Biff, bro. Yep. Biff. That so is Biff. Reminds, That's a little yeah. Biff, for sure, 100%. Anyway, he reminded me of Biff in a very small way, but it cracked me up. Yeah. But, Biff. Um, it's not going to be Biff. We're going to be saying Biff like a loser. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Biff. That sounds super familiar. Yeah. I got to check into it. But uh, that kid's kind of telling them they're all on a... Their destination isn't somewhere they want to be going. And when they get there, dude, Abel runs into that Conchu guy. Dude, Buford Biff Howard. Okay, so yeah, Bu- Biff, that's right. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's the main antagonist or whatever. And uh, it turns out he's he really is some sort of cannibal or something, this Conchu guy. Oh, uh, yeah, the dude. Um, yeah, that looks like From a bird earlier or on the train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But one of the, the craziest things is so he's kidnapped and brought to Raider Farms. He doesn't really know what he's doing there yet, but who does he run into, man? Dude, yeah, he runs into um, Bobby. Bobby ended up getting kidnapped somehow along her way to find Abel. And so now they're reunited. And this is where you see like Abel completely shift characters. And this goes back to the that alone. Like he's finally around someone that is loving, caring, and even the art. It goes from oh yeah, like it's look at blue, the artwork. Yeah. It goes from doom and gloom to like this bright blue like background, and he is a totally yeah. different person around. See, bro, her. I told you you carry this show. <laughs> <laughs> so it was cool to see that. You know, you get a little glimpse of hope. You know, with um, yeah. with that. But they're in a pretty rough situation. You know, going to Raider Farm. Super rough. But one of the the only saving grace is that Fox being smart as a fox, uh, spots what's happening. And he uh, he runs back to tell Jeb and Magdalena that their crew has been kidnapped. Yeah, and I'm finally glad that Magdalena is finally like, okay, you guys are right. We need to go after him. Because now it's Bobby and Abel. And I think Bobby came from a certain, you know, because she mentioned in volume one, like she was like him. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it was the exact same thing, but... You know, so obviously Magdalena's like, okay, you guys are right. We got to go after them. Um, Let's do it. But so they're they're on their way to to Bobby and Abel. But we get a little more insight into where it is exactly that they're taken to. 
And it looks like they're going to be farming ethyl fields, which turns out as all the little pink stuff that we've been seeing throughout the world, it must be their fuel source of some kind. And this double page of the ethyl fields is just rad. So cool. Yeah, they think they're going to go farm like some type of crop or something. Mm -hmm. They get through this big giant wall, dude, and it looks like some just crazy huge fields, dude. Um, and when they see the kids who are already there farming the fields, they look, uh, it's dangerous. Like it's not good for you to be out there no, farming these fields. No, no, no. It's like the worst type <laughs> of chemicals. These kids look like they're turning into zombies. Yep. And, and um, then the worst thing that you could think of, man, like paint the picture of what goes down here with our boy in white and red striped shirt. Dude, yeah, they get there and um, they see what's going on. So this boy's like, "Dude, we we got to get away. We're getting out of here. I got the bright idea. Like, I think you know we got we got a chance here. Let's run." And everybody's telling him, "Like, dude, don't do it, man. Like, not a good idea." And as soon as he takes off, dude, old Nicholas Raider, he's like the owner of this thing, just smokes this kid with a zapper, dude, and it's yeah. bad. It's real bad. I, I <laughs> it's honestly bad. couldn't. Be, I honestly couldn't believe it happened. Yeah, dude. Like that really took me by surprise. But you find out, dude, that uh, it's this dude Nicholas Raider who must be, you know, in charge of the farm here. And uh, he straight up tells him, like, "Yeah, you're all here because you think your mom and dad were bad, but they're nothing compared to me." And that's kind of the last we get to see of the kids in this arc, man. And you're just left with like dread for them with this dude who just yeah. capped another kid right in front of him. Yeah, the good thing is is you still have the dad out there. He's he's still like... He's on a mission. Last you see him, the very last page of this arc is him rage monster he's yelling He's rage out to, yeah, dude, It's like every town he's going to, it's like he can't handle the truth of the situation. Like, he still wants to find his son, but he can't like... I know, I want him to like have some introspection. Yes. Like... More than just, it's my fault. Like, bro, control yourself a little bit. Yeah. So, um, and we get everybody from the, Jebediah, Fox, Wrench, and Magdalena are all also heading up there. So volume three has got to be a, a one-way collision course for all of them to get together, you know? And we're, it's going to be interesting to see what type of like resolution we're going to get with all of them. Yeah, you know, like how is it going to wrap up? Is there going to be some type of like? Is there going to be a resolution, or is there going to be a throwdown with a winner and a loser? Yeah, like are they are they going to resolve the conflict that they had between the go, dad yeah. and the son? Is grandpa going to show back up? Like, what's what's going to happen? You know, and so I love this or this volume. Um, me too. I honestly don't have an answer to the question either. Yeah. Like I don't have an inkling of where it's going to end up. No, me neither. And like I thought, you know, like we were pretty spot on, I think, from volume one to volume two. But now, like, I don't know, is the dad too far where he's just going to like say, all right, I just got to say, see you later, my dad, and I'm going to go with my new family kind of thing. Or is the new family going to re rehabilitate dad too? Yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But um I hope we get to see the No Walks again. Dude, yeah. They were one of my favorite groups, I think, yeah. so far. Um, but this has just been fantastic. It's it's seriously not afraid to deal with heavy issues. No, and yeah, I've really yeah. appreciated that. I mean, I knew it going into it that it was going to be a little heavy, but I mean, it's pretty heavy. Some yeah, of this big stuff. time. And I think it's a lot of people can relate to it in some you know aspect, I think. Um. But it's been great, dude. I, I, I've enjoyed it big time. I like yeah. I, when I first read this volume, uh, volume two, like I started it over the weekend and I was like, oh, I'll just read a, a couple issues, but I couldn't put it down. Put it I was down. like, I just yeah. got to keep reading. Like, I need to know like what's going to happen next. Like, every time the issue was coming to an end, I was like, no, like I got to keep reading. I can't just stop reading yeah. this one. So I read it straight through. Yeah. I can't wait to find out how it ends, dude. I'm, Pins and needles, as I say. Yeah, but it was great, dude. Um, I loved it. Um, you get in anything else this week besides our uh, BO dub? Yeah, I know. I I finally got to to uh, read something I know that you have read previously. The old quested. I got to read quested too. Finally, what'd you think? I loved it, man. 
Dude, it's just a fun. I think you hit it on the head earlier. Like, it's just a fun story that's super like um, video gamey. So much. It's just. It's just a. It's just an enjoyable time here. Like, oh yeah. I don't have any sort of like. Nothing can be weird to me because it's video gamey. Like he just died and came back to life, and I don't have to think like, wait, how does that make sense? How did this guy get? I'm just allowed to have fun. Like it's an excuse for you just to like. Jump in, have fun, laugh, especially at Dan. <laughs> Mandar. Mandar. Like he that was, was the just, funniest character, dude. Even his interaction, Jinx's interaction here early on with that the dude, the ferryman. Yeah, yeah. Was yeah. funny as could be, dude. He was so sarcastic and just like his humor, I thought was hysterical. Yeah. But hey, uh, really quick before we keep diving into this, I just wanted to mention that uh we will be diving into volume three of Middle West in two weeks. So keep reading it with us. Yeah, for sure. Let us know what you think. Yeah. But um, I love the the introduction here in Quested of two new characters, his little red dude with one eye. Yeah, what was his name again? I don't even think they gave they him a name. Does not have a name? Yeah, he was hysterical, dude. He just feeding him coins. Chomping on rupees and <laughs> cracking up, man. And I love how his friends, like, he comes back from the dead and they're all just still kind of mad at him. The the one chick's just mad at him and the other dude's just stoked to see him. Uh, he's like, hey, there he is. And they see yeah. him up on the path up ahead. Yeah, yeah. And it's so funny because obviously there's, like, a main quest now that he has yeah. been given by the ferryman dude to find his brother or kill his brother. But right when he gets there, there's a note. It's so Zelda-y, dude. You know, you dude. got a main mission, but you get to your home and there's a note on your door that's giving you a new mission. So you've got this side quest on the way. And uh, he pulls... He's so clever and funny too, man. Like throughout this whole thing, like where he convinces all the other adventurers to not just to go dip. on it, Yeah, dude. yeah, yeah. I thought that was a circle. And I think you hit it perfectly in the head because at first I was like, man, so he got this main quest, which you think the story is going to be about. This is like the main overall... I guess, you know, if it was a video game, that's the main overall arching storyline. But then you have yeah. all these side quests like peppered in. And so he leaves and you're like, okay, like we're going on this quest. Let's see how it goes. And then he's automatically distracted. doesn't do anything with the main quest. And he goes on the side quest. And it's hysterical how you put it. Because like, dude, I remember back in the day playing games like Fallout. And you have the main overall, oh, yeah. you know, storyline. But, dude, everywhere you turn, you're like, oh, sweet. There's this story. I'm going to go follow this guy now. Uh -huh, and you're doing yeah, something yeah. <laughs> totally sidetracked from the main uh -huh. story. And, there, you know, it could be a fetch quest or whatever it may be. And then you eventually, you know, will get back to the main storyline. And it was just like, I didn't look at it like that at first. And when you mentioned that, I was like, dude, that's hysterical. That's exactly how this is. And you know what's so funny to me? And this might sound... Uh, I don't know. It doesn't matter how it sounds. I just keep thinking as I'm reading this, what's so cool, if I were writing this, dude, it would be plot, 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 plot. Like every panel would have to be plot. And I'm like, how do you decide like that this panel can just be something so hysterical, but it still like drives the story. Like yeah. the whole scene where he's fighting Mandar and calling him Dan and he's like, let's rumble, Dan. And I'm just like, I don't know. I just love it so much. I think it's so clever and fun and and. I think we don't get like a ton of comedy in the in, a, in books that we've been reading, so yeah, it's kind of cool yeah. to see the comedy here and how how he's able to make that work and flow it, and it's just really cool. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was really well done. The art is super cool, man. I love the art, love all the it. coloring. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> characters are hilarious, so funny, and um, so yeah, it was cool, man. Cliffhanger at the end, man. Jinx is trying to uh, pull a fast one on everybody. Dude, Jinx. Saving that 20-side die. Yeah, he he's um, shady. He's a clever little yeah, dude. He's, he's shady, though. Yeah, shady, a little clever, and um, so we'll see. I also got to finish uh, the Comixology original called Census, which was uh, five issues, and this finished the first arc, at least for now. Yeah, how was it? And uh, I loved it, man, and it, too, was hysterical. The main dude just has some of the, the most funny lines, but I will say, I think I heard the dudes on the pullbox pals say this as well. It kind of took a, a turn, not, not a turn for the worst, like it it just turned, like it became a love story, sort of, with him and this 
I forget her name off the top of my head, but uh, it was a it was a fascinating turn of events. But I I really enjoyed it, and uh, definitely, I mean, if you have Comicsology Unlimited, pick this up, check it out. Five issues, you'll have a fun time. I think it's uh, super I cool. Yeah, I haven't read any of that one yet. It's really funny too, man. I I appreciate it. It's it's pretty good, dude. You know what I got into this week? Uh, thanks to the dudes over at Pull Box, Pull Box Pals. What's that? Um, and I've been wanting to for a while. We talked about it last week. Is I finally got into some Darth Vader. There we go. I read um, volume one. Uh, I think it's called Imperial Machine, I think, uh, from Charles Soule. And um, it was good, dude. The art was rad. Um, it definitely shows you like how strong and gnarly Darth Vader is and just how ruthless he is and just the, hmm. the pain that he has because um, Padme's dead. And um, he's with Palpatine, and he has to go on this quest to find his to to get a lightsaber. And so he can't just be given one; he has to like take it from a Jedi. And so um, after like I think it's after Order sixty six, a ton of the Jedi are dead. And so he goes and finds this dude who was like I don't even know what they call it. He was just like out in some like I don't know, being a Jedi, meditating out in the middle of nowhere, dude. And so. <laughs> He ends up finding him and they have this epic battle and like the dude is who he's battling is rad and um, he thinks he destroyed Vader and like it, it was just good, dude. He, he ends up getting his uh, saber going back and just like seeing how powerful he is. Um, it was good, dude. I I, I liked it. So um, thanks to those dudes over there for um, recommending this. And it's, this one is also, uh, if you have Comixology Unlimited, it was free. Oh, right on. So, and I think volume two. I don't know how many volumes are free on there, but I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep going with it. I liked it. It was easy read. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think anybody can pick it up. It was one of those like you didn't need to know. Like everybody knows who Darth Vader is. You know, like there was nothing crazy that like was a deal breaker when you were reading it. But it, it was. It was cool. I, I liked it. Right on. I also got to get into um, where monsters lie. Is that yeah. from? Uh, Dark Horse. Dark Horse, yeah, yeah. Car- Carl. Uh, Kyle <laughs> Starks. Man, when I first started my job, my boss, for two years, called me Carl. <laughs> and no. everybody would, I swear to you, and, and like everybody would be like, this Kyle. And like we'd be in staff meeting, and he's like, well, what do you think, Carl? And I'm like, oh my goodness. You gotta be <laughs> Dude, listen me. to this. This brought up a, one of the funniest stories I've ever had happen to me. So one time, it was my wife and I's anniversary, dude. So we're like, let's go get a couple's massage. That would be cool. I think it was our anniversary. <laughs> and so my handwriting is terrible. Like, I cannot write legibly at all, and I hate writing. And so, like, we wrote our name on these cards, and, like, you know, if we had, like, any sore spots on our bot, you know, it was like a, like a profile thing we had to fill out. So we go back into the room, and we're getting ready, and they're giving us a massage, and, you know, some lady's giving me a massage. My wife is laying right next to me getting a massage, and this lady... <laughs> Like every time, bro. And I guess it's because when I wrote my name, instead of Ray, it looked like Roy. (laughs) She's calling you Roy the whole time? Bro, every single five minutes, she was like, is that pressure okay, Roy? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm dying, dude. And I can just hear my wife like starting to (laughs) chuckle in the bed next to me. And dude, I... I don't know what was so funny, but finally, after like three or four times, I heard calling me Roy. Like, I just lost it. And I'm dying laughing because she was like, Roy, can you do that? You know, and I'm just <laughs> just dying, dude. And so finally, like, I, you know, I'm sure she was like, why is this guy busting up laughing? So finally, I had to say, well, like, how awkward it was it? You know, like, oh, yeah. I'm sorry, man, but my name's Ray. <laughs> and so I felt bad for her because she probably felt embarrassed calling yeah, me Roy. Sure. Yeah. And so it was just an awkward, uh, this hysterical moment of this lady calling me Roy, dude. <laughs> Roy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, dude. Anyways, but uh, where monsters lie by Kyle Starks, um, and I'm not gonna even say it right, but I think it's yeah. I know. <laughs> I know the last name. I think it up. Let me see. Let me look. Kowalski's on on art. P I O T R. What? P I O T R. 
Piotr? Pi po- Potter? I don't know. <laughs> That's a challenging one. Let's just stick with the last name. But dude, this was wild, dude, set up. It's like this town where these serial killers more or less kind of like live until their next sort of like mission. And you've got this old lady named Zell, this gnarly dude called Puzzle Man. Is it a dark? Frank, is it like a dark story? Like horror? I mean, I think it's sort of, um, what's the word? Like a parody. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's creepy and it's violent as could be. Hmm. But I think there's there's a little bit of hijinks to it. You know what I mean? Okay. Does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the dude's names I can't repeat on the show here. <laughs> Pretty gnarly. But anyway, dude, Puzzle Master had like kidnapped these kids and he's got them in the house and he's asking them to solve all these puzzles. So ridiculous. <laughs> but four of them get away, right? And then they knock on this old lady's house and they're like, oh, where'd you come? She's like, where'd you come from? And they're like, oh, the house over there. And she's like, you escaped? And bro, look at what she does to this poor kid. Like right off the bat. And this is what I'm telling you, like gruesome. So she's in on it too, huh? Yeah, so she kind of runs the place for them. Mm. And uh, anyway, dude, one of the kids gets out. Three of the four are all just straight up murdered right here. But then one kid gets out. He gets to the cops, finally tells them about this place. And the end of the issue, the cops are all surrounding, you know, this place where all these serial killers are just chilling until their next, you know, mission. And you're just like, what's going to go down? And so I'm excited to to keep up with this. It seems it's a uh, it's really really violent. And so some of it was a little bit much for me. And one of the dudes' name that I can't say on the show was a little crazy. But the funny thing about him is that like he they're like he's out there gardening, and they're like, yeah, he doesn't have the desire anymore. Cutting his grass and clipping his flowers has, has taken away his desire to cut and clip people. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that sounds pretty dark. So it's pretty crazy, man. And look at Puzzle Master's just nuts looking. Yeah, the art on there is wild. I will say it's it's a totally original sort of setup, and I'm I'm at least interested to see how they get out of the the pickle they find themselves in at the moment at the end of this issue. And uh, I don't know. I mean, a plus for for being clever with this plot here. You know? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. And then the last one I got to get into was, um, it's an IDW book called Breath of Shadows. And it's about this band, dude, this lead singer in this band that's like wildly popular, but like maybe a little bit out of its heyday. And he's just like... Like Nickelback trying to make a comeback? Exactly. Nickelback <laughs> trying to make a comeback. I didn't know you I mean, were was, a rapper. Was Nickelback even like... Did they even have a heyday? They, they couldn't even come back from anything. <laughs> but this one's wild, dude. So he he's kind of getting hoodwinked. Is that a word? Hoodwinked? Yeah, that's a word. Into going on this mission. He's a druggie. Like, just through and through. Like, he's losing his mind. He knows he's losing his mind. His managers decided to, like, kind of convince him to go on this mission to find this elixir of life that's going to heal him from his addiction. But not only that. Like, it promises a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. But it turns out they're kind of just using him for his money. Mm. And so he's funding the whole trip to get there. And... uh it's pretty cool so far. It also is a pretty clever story and yeah, it sounds plot really setup, yeah, yeah, so. yeah, I like that one. Cool issue one. So that's what I was able to get into, and I've been watching The Last of Us on HBO, oh, which continues to be. So I'll tell you, I played um, the first game, Last of Us one. I didn't play the second one, but one of the best games I've ever played in my life, dude. I'll tell you, like my wife isn't really into gaming, and I don't game a ton anymore either. But she would sit and watch me play that game because she got that yeah. far into the story and it was so good. There was parts yeah. where she like would get scared at that game and she was like, I got to stop watching this because it's giving me nightmares, you know. <clears throat> but um, such a good, good game. I wish I had the HBO Max. It's the only game I've ever played all the way through twice. Yeah, it was um, one of my favorite games of all time, I think, when I was yep. really into game. Easily. And it was, it was so yeah. good. Um just uh, TK, yeah. Not only like just the storyline, but like the controls, just everything. It was good. Team TK, I get it now. 
I wondered how you were going to just let that slide. It went over my head first, but then I was like, wait a second. I thought you were talking about like the the publisher or something who who designed TKO. the game. Yeah, and I was <laughs> no, like, Naughty no, Dog I was like, wait a second. Yeah. yeah. I was like, wait a second. Team TK. I remember that. True killers. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're listening, Ryan. Oh. Anyway. Um, so yeah, man, that was my week, but I read through, uh, man, I don't know why I always want to say farmhand when I'm talking about Middle West, but I read through Middle West a couple of times and I got into those and it was a good week, man. Good dude. What's coming out next week you're looking forward to? Dude, there's a lot. I think, um, I think Little Monsters 10 is probably the biggest one I'm looking forward to because I hope we get something. You Don't know, set yourself uh, up for this. Dude, this has got to be the issue. I've been saying this for three issues now. This has got to be it. Yeah. And so I, I think it's going to happen. I got high All hopes. Right. I'm, I'm, you heard it here first. Yeah, you heard it. And then later it's happening. <laughs> right, um, yeah. But another one I think I'm looking forward to is uh, Gotham City Year One Issue 5. I think there's You've six. You've been jamming that. Dude, dude. I love you it. Like yeah, that. I really enjoy it. And I think... There, I think it's six issues, I think. So I don't think this is the last one, but um, that's what I think I'm looking forward to most next week. But there's a lot of other ones coming out next week too, man. Lonesome Hunters, uh, Trade Paperbacks coming out. If you haven't read that at all, pick up the pick trade. It, it up. was it, fantastic read. Oh my gosh, I loved it. We also got Daredevil 8 coming out. We've got Bloodstained Teeth 9. It's only Teenage Wasteland uh, number three. Looking at you, Monk. Spy Superb 2. I can't wait to pick that one up. Oh, No Your and, Station 3 is coming out too. I think. Oh, yeah. That too. I think they both like that too. Yeah. yeah. Quested 3. Fingers crossed on that. We'll I, see. I don't know. I'm nervous. You should maybe one. go to your store and check out some variants and uh, <sighs> come home with a. <laughs> I might have a, a couple different issues. Uh, a couple different. <laughs> just. Co- yeah. I don't even want to talk about that story. Yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, Zadarsky continuing his Batman run with uh, 132. So it's a a much better week than this week was. I mean, this week was slow as beans for me. Yeah, yeah. Slow as beans. Dude, did you see TMNT Best of Krang is coming out? Yeah. Did you see the cover? It looked like a chewed up piece of bubblegum was just spit down on the table. I was dying. I was like, they couldn't have come up with a better cover than that. Dude, you want to know the funniest thing now? You told me a story about your son oh, getting a Krang gosh. thing twice, one time. Twice it's and now, happened now. Every time I see or think of Krang, I only think of that story and it cracks me up so much, dude. Dude, so my son loves getting those little uh, mystery packs where you don't know what you're getting, right? <clears throat> and so we get them at Target and they're the Turtles one. And you can uh-huh. get all the turtles. You can get Splinter. I think you can get Casey Jones. You can get a couple different variations April. of April. You can get Krang and maybe Shredder. And I, I can't remember who else. But uh, yeah, every time, dude, he's so stoked. Like, I'm going to get Roth or I'm going to get, you know. Bro, he's gotten Krang twice. <laughs> he's gotten April. He's And he's gotten some, I think, the Foot Clan, dude, every single time. And every single time, dude, he turns into a Rage NATO. <laughs> Because you can't explain to a four-year-old, like, you don't know what you're getting, dude. Like, he thinks he's getting a turtle. Right. And so, curse whoever made that, like, (laughs) mystery pack. You know what I mean? I just crack up. He was so mad he got Krang. It's so funny to me, dude. twice I had to go through him getting Krang. Oh, my gosh. But uh, if any of those books sound interesting or, you know, you're looking to pick up something new, definitely check out coffeeinacomic.com. Awesome store. That's where I got my pull set up. Uh, make sure you enter our coupon code at checkout, comic book layer in all caps. I think you'll save 15% off your order. And uh, yeah, check out Frank. Check him out on Instagram too. He's always posting cool things. New comic book day previews and such. Uh, yeah, and you get some Let him know we coffee. sent you. Yeah, heck yeah. I just got my shipment today, dude. Look at this, man. Because I couldn't order anything all month because, you know, budgetary reasons. But look at this stuff came in the mail today. Dude. So shout out to Frank for sending me about 20 bucks here. Uh, Stoked to get into all that, man. Yeah, you got your work cut out for you there, sir. Yeah, but this just came in the mail today, and that's how I was able to to read some of these. Nice. Thanks, Frank. 
But uh, what do we got going on next week, man? Dude, next week we're doing what we do best. We're hanging in the lair, man, chatting all things comics, what we're getting into. Hopefully you get into some of that stack right there. Heck yeah. And um, probably be chatting about some of these ones we just uh, talked about. So looking forward to it, my man. Heck yeah. One thing I wanted to to just mention on the show quick before we uh, head out. Uh, You know, we both are always going to be buying physical books. There's no replacing it. But like we've mentioned on the show a bunch of times. Oh, yeah. Digital often is a way to go for some things you can't find, you didn't think to pick up in time. Conveniency, you know. Conveniency. So, you know, with all the problems with comicsology going on and it becoming a dumpster fire from the depths of below, there's a new one coming out that I saw on sketch.com. It's called omnibus.app. And uh, it looks rad. If you go there right now, you could sign up to receive updates. I'm only plugging it because I'm excited about it, want to check it out, want to support them. Maybe we get a cool new digital comic store. So uh, it's no replacing, you know, I, I'm going to be buying stuff from Frank probably until I die of a stroke of some kind. But sometimes you got to have the digital for the stuff you don't really want around the house. And this seems like a cool option. Yeah. One thing I, I think you sent me the link there. They mentioned something about sharing or something. So they got yeah. a lot of interesting stuff that could be cool. Definitely check it out. Uh, I know it's probably just in the like... Very up and coming. They say stages. as of today, they sent out an email saying they're weeks away from releasing, from going live. So, like with a beta, crossed, with a beta, or like full blown, just full blown. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I thought they're, so, they're further along than I thought. Then. Yeah. So I'm excited, man. Check it out. Yeah, that'll be cool. Right on, dude. Well, how can people keep up with us and what we got going on? Yeah. Um. Definitely subscribe here to our show and uh, tell a friend. And do us a favor and leave, leave us a review. We'd love to not yeah, only we'd hear love from to you. read those. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they yeah. pump us up. I call Ray right away. <laughs> like, check it out, man. You got to hear this. Dude, love it. And so not only would we love to hear from you, but it would also help us out big time um, just to get our name out there and um, to, to reach new people and uh, meet new people. Um, head over to our Instagram, uh, the comic book layer, and um, you can see what we're getting into, what we're reading, what we're watching. Um, and then follow our link tree over to our Discord and um, come chat Metal West with us. Let you know, uh, let yeah, us man. know what you thought about volumes one and two. Um, if you read them, if you're checking them out, and uh, yeah, we look forward to um, meeting you. Okay. Anyways, keep reading comics. Cowabunga nerds. Like the sound of the Comic Book Layer podcast? Our audio production is provided by Rosecat Audio. Check out Rosecat Audio at rosecataudio.com. R-O-S-E-K-A-T audio.com.